Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are back on Colt Chanera Chat. Feels like we just did one of these, Robbie. Yeah, and I was actually just thinking at halftime that we could have just plugged in everything we said and, and changed the other team for Porto. <laughs> just so like we could, we could like set up a template and be like, Atletico weren't very good against Porto. <laughs> in the robotic voice. Atletico weren't very good against <laughs> you have a future in voiceover work, me amigo. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, no, at, 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 at the half, it certainly looked like this was going to be, uh, yeah, another another disaster class from Atletico. But uh, yeah, they pulled it out of the bag and the good, good vibes. But as as I just said before we come on, I'm not entirely sure how sustainable it is. But they're into the into the next round now and. Uh, let's see well, where where this momentum can take them. Into the next round is right. Atletico, amazingly, somewhat amazingly, are through to the Champions League last 16 with a 3-1 win at Porto. Uh, that is about as wild as the scoreline would indicate. Really not much happened in the first half. Uh, we'll talk about the injury to Luis Suarez and, and what we know about that in just a moment here. But uh, you, you mentioned that you're not sure how much of what happened, particularly in the second half, is really sustainable for Atletico, Robbie. Uh, what did you like? What did you not like about this performance? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I liked, um, obviously, Atletico's fighting spirit. Um, Marcos Llorente, I thought, was very, very 
not, not that I, not that his aggressiveness was was a was a what I liked about it, but he he showed that kind of fighting spirit. I think um, uh, they, yeah, they that's their defining feature, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's it's classic Simeone. Yeah, they really had to pull this one out of the fire, uh, and classic Simeone, classic Cholismo. In, in terms of the approach to the game, which really made, I think, in the first half very little sense. But when Atletico got a lead, it made perfect sense uh, with a, a, a patchwork defense as well, Robbie. One healthy center back in this game for Atletico. And it was Mario Hermoso. Cholo elected to go with a, a defensive three with only one natural center back. Uh, Jeffrey Condogbia and Shime Verselko were back there as well. You don't necessarily want to have two left-footed center backs, so that necessitated Verselko being back there too. Uh, how did you think that back three, the makeshift warped back three, performed? Yeah, I think they were fine. I think Atletico kind of did set out to to um, protect them, and I think on, on, on the occasions when Porto did get a run at Carrasco on the left, they looked a little bit suspect, but but overall, um, Porto seemed to, as they say in Spanish, uh, they were insisting down the down their left hand side. Mm. So it was kind of Marcos Llorente. It was Marcos Llorente and, and and Thomas Lamar against the world there for a while. It looked like, and and I think Llorente kind of stood up to the task, and and he, it wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always exactly effective, but it was. Um, it, uh, he got the job done and he he stood up to everything the Porto had to kind of throw at him and, and uh, I think given the fact that he's not even a, an, like a, an official <laughs> he's not even a, like a, a proper right back I think that says a lot about his willingness and versatility as well um, but uh, but yeah I think um, like I, I don't know like and I don't want to be too like critical after a 3-0 a, a win and, and, and stuff like that but the first half really was poor. Like I, I, I really don't know what it like. And and the other thing is, the the problem is, and this is the problem, and this is Simeone's problem in that it reflects poorly on him. But it's also a problem he has with this group of players, or we can't really separate them out, but because we don't know what's the cause and what's the what's the problem. But Atletico looked poor in the first half, and 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 their only kind of uh, avenue of 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 attack was through Carrasco down the left hand side, and and they, they they were trying to get the ball over to him as quickly as they could to to, to counter, but and 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 they were playing a counter attacking style in a game that they had to win, which isn't ideal. But in the second half, when they kind of pushed a little bit, you saw just how susceptible Atletico are to a counter attack, and if it wasn't for Jan Oblak's foot save. Uh, at the start of that second half, we're sitting here having a completely different conversation tonight, and uh, mm. I just think um, I, I don't know if th- that's obviously why Simeone isn't entirely comfortable playing a counter, but it, it it also speaks to his inability to set his team up to defend against the counter. Like it, 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 I find it so strange, and I mentioned this at the weekend. I find it so strange that a manager who who became the world's best. Uh, by his exploiting of, by his ability to, um, to to play a counter-attacking game, I find it fascinating or find it interesting that he does not know, or, or, or I, I don't want to say he doesn't have the players to to, to, to not defend a, to, to 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 not be able to defend a counter-attack. 
but he doesn't know how to set them up like to to defend now I know as you were saying there they were missing a lot of their centre defenders but that's something we've seen all season when they go toe to toe with teams they mostly end up coming out uh, um, come out uh, second best and um, yeah I, I think that speaks to Simeone's tactics rather than the the squad that he has yeah in the first half it was very strange because there didn't really seem to be a coherent plan a cohesive way to attack Porto. Porto had around 65% possession in the first half. According to who scored, which I'm looking at right now, Robbie, Porto finished with 68% possession for the game. So this was classic Cholismo. Uh, it, it turned into that. But yeah, the, the initial game plan, it didn't look like Atletico were going to get anything. And the opening goal that opened the floodgates, so to speak, came from a mistake. And we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, you mentioned Marcos Llorente and what I think was pretty heroic performance on his part. He sacrificed a lot offensively. And he he said in the uh, pre-match interview with, with the media on Monday that he's grown comfortable at right back. It's a position he has obviously known and played with Atletico and with the national team. He's comfortable there. And he really did show that in the first half when Porto could have gone ahead. He made a goal line clearance after it looked like Old Black was going to be beaten and the ball was going to roll over the line. Um, Yannick Carrasco was then at the heart of Atletico's best move in that first half where Llorente could have gotten on the end of it, but Diogo Costa made a good save. Uh, Griezmann as well had an opportunity to put Atletico ahead. Uh, it was, wouldn't say a miracle it was goalless at halftime, but it was certainly um, the best the, the best it could have been for Atletico given that first 45 minutes. They haven't scored a first half goal in a month. And the... The questions about identity and the debate about identity and playing style that we keep having and we keep talking about, I, I think we're going to have to keep talking about it because there still was no cohesive, coherent plan in that first half other than, well, let, let, let's just try to hit him on the counter. Let's, I, I guess, defend even though we have only one real central defender. And then you have the Suarez injury on top of that. He yeah. has to leave inside yeah, the first yeah. 15 minutes. I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm not entirely sure what happened there to him, but, but it also, when you talk about coherent plans, I, I, if you are going to play on the counter like that, what's the point in starting Luis Suarez? Like, right, there is um, no point. Uh, yeah, I mean, even even Cunha struggled, and he's he gets around, he's able to get around, and even he struggled to impact the game. What was Luis Suarez going to do? Um, I, I just feel like he's kind of there by default now at this stage and, and, and just which is obviously he, he, he probably deserves it given what he's done but I also am unsure that he fits into what this team is trying to be or what it looks like this team is trying to be or what this team was trying to be tonight anyway but I think when you say that there's no coherent plan I think I think t tonight what we saw was and and I, I guess this kind of makes sense in a way you now I don't know if Simeone fleshed it out like this exactly but it was sit in the first half. They're at home. They're going to be egged on by their home team or by their home crowd. And sit back and try and catch them on the counter. Okay, that doesn't work. We're we're still we're still safe now. I I know that Atletico were were, were uh, kind of playing with fire in the first half tonight. But nil all at halftime. We'll take that. Grand. Fifteen minutes in the second half. We'll go toe to. We're not going toe to toe all game because that's just going to end in tears for us because we don't know how to do it, we don't play it. But we're going to, the game is going to open up for 15 minutes at some point um, and, 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 and we're either going to win it 
or we're gonna, or someone's gonna, there's gonna be a goal, and we think, and I, and when you do watch Atletico go in full flow, you're looking at them going, okay, here, here we go, like this is, because there was a couple of nice attacks there with Cunha, Griezmann getting on the ball, and I was looking mm-hmm. going, okay, this is it, like this is this this is the way Atletico are gonna play, and then as it progresses and as the game kind of does open up properly, you see just how how uh, how uh, susceptible they look at the back and the counter and then you're thinking once they got the goal which is ideal shut it down again and play on the counter again now now that works and it worked tonight perfect Simeone looks like a genius it's Cholismo it's it's it's, it's vintage uh, Diego Simeone on the flip side if Porto score in that instance Atletico Madrid are in serious, serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but um, yeah, and I, and I think they got a stroke of luck tonight because I think if Wendell doesn't do what he did to Cunha straight after Carrasco, I think Atletico Madrid are also going out tonight. Uh, I agree. I so, think they probably so, yeah, they probably like, are, are out of the Champions League if Wendell doesn't get sent off. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and, and, I mean, like, I know it's kind of... We don't want to be sitting there, kind of Atletico in the last sixteen. We, we we were actually you you were <laughs> you were worried <laughs> at the weekend. We were talking before or after the podcast. And you were like, "What what are we going to do? What are we going to do?" <laughs> I was. <laughs> you were like, "What are we going to do in January? <laughs> we have nothing to talk about." But um, no, like I mean, Atletico in the last sixteen. Uh, it, it's a successful night for Cholismo. Long live Cholismo, and uh, yeah, that's. I, I think um, that's gonna be the kind of that's gonna be the kind of narrative. But at the same time, I don't think that's entirely the paints uh, the, the reflect exactly what happened tonight either. Uh, long live Cholismo, and keep it moving, and move on. That's that's <laughs> the motto. That's the the tagline for tonight's game, Robbie. And yeah. I, I, if Mehdi Taremi finishes one of those chances, um, Oblak made a, a couple very good saves in this game, including a phenomenal one on Taremi, where he's going one way and just is able to kick the ball out after Versalco gets done in. Probably the one mistake Versalco made in this game. Uh, if if Oblak doesn't keep that out, it's a very, very different game that we're talking about. But Atletico got the lead. They held on long enough to uh, take advantage of a Porto mistake from a corner. Kondogbia, I think, touches it on. And then Griezmann is all alone at the back post to kind of wrong-foot it and just tap it over the line. And that is how Atletico got on the board in this game uh, to make it 1-0 before everything popped off after that. Uh, how about Atletico actually not making a mess at a set piece? Yeah, I think that was something that they... Although they nearly did. Did you see that one? They fell asleep at, at a corner and it was like um, it was kind of like what Liverpool did to Barcelona. A really quick corner. Yes, yeah. I was really... I was really surprised. I was like, "Wow!" Because I actually felt like Atletico were, and and this is something that kind of, I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess you you can fake it till you make it. In some instances where you go out and you're all talk and you're you're all action and everything, but like the 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 the, the problem is when that's all just kind of bluster. And I felt like Atletico came out and they had their chest puffed out tonight and they were all action, but then. As soon as Porto got a stranglehold, Atletico looked a little bit like, yeah, it was it was bravado all along, and and I think um, and I think that uh, that can work to an extent where you're you're out and you're kind of you fake you kind of fake your way into believing that you're 
that you're 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 up for the game and you're you're ready to go and you're 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 prepared. But but I think um, I think that they were kind of making an effort tonight to look like they were more honest, as opposed to in previous weeks and in previous games in La Liga where it was very lethargic. But even but even. There, there's kind of traits of this Atletico side, and like maybe, maybe this did happen back in back when Atletico were like vintage Jolismo back in like 2013-14. But like, there's a couple of times when Atletico just kind of give up on plays. Uh, for example, like Griezmann was fouled tonight at one stage, and he just kind of just kind of looking for a free, or kind of didn't play to the whistle. And the same with Carrasco. Carrasco too. Of, yeah. The one on the on the end line that that gifted. Um, and that that could have that, that was another really good chance, and I don't know. It just feels like sometimes this Atletico are a little bit um, they're not as uh, intense, and and I think you can fake that intensity, as I said, and you can come out and kind of talk the talk, but it, it, at, at the end of the day, you, you, you're just kind of faking it, like. And and I think I think the problem with that as well then is when that's not in your personality. It ends up kind of your 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 focus so much on acting that way that it actually influences your game. So, for example, Rodrigo de Paul got involved in an awful lot of shit talk tonight, like and talking to the ref. He was he was he was, and he was fine in the end. I think he did okay in the second half, but I think in the first half he was more interested in kicking the ball as hard as he could at people, and he nearly knocked Koke out. <laughs> <laughs> it's passion, passion for the shirt, Robbie. Oh my God! And then, and then, and then, Hermoso as well, just constantly on the line. And it's like, like you get players like, um, I guess Ramos wasn't isn't a great example, but you get players who just play on the edge all the time. Like Raúl Garcia will say, for example, he's playing on the edge, but he's always in control. Okay, ninety percent of the time he's in control. Yeah. But with Hermoso, it's like. This isn't actually helping you, man. I know you think it is, but it's not. I know you think and so, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> he gave away the penalty against Liverpool, still trying to figure out what he was doing there. Yeah. He he um tonight he uh yeah, he hit Grudic before the before a corner. What what are you doing, like? And I know it was kinda of silly and Grudic went down a little bit easy. But like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not it's the silly. it's not the uh, exactly the attitude. It may look like it, but there's a clear difference between what the Gabby, Tiago, Raul Garcia, yeah. Juan Fran, Atleti, Godin, Atleti would have done as opposed to Hermoso, DePaul, Yorente. Uh, I saw Yorente complaining a few times in the first half, and it's just just things weren't going well, and a, a bundle of nerves and a bundle of anxiety. Um, and, 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 that's, and that's that's the other thing to mention. I mean, it was like this Atletico team have been talked up all off season. Uh, they know that they're better than what they're playing right now, and they were on the on, and they and, and I'm sure that they really really didn't want to be playing in the Europa League. So I, I guess I guess we do have to kind of admit that it, it was a nervy affair. You're playing away from home against uh, against a good side, against uh, passionate fans, and, and I mean, yeah, obviously the, the emotions did kind of maybe get the better of them a little bit, but I wouldn't really mind with Llorente because I feel like Llorente, he can handle that. He he's fine. And um, De Paul, I think, being Argentinian, I think he gets it and he's fine. And I know it didn't suit him in the first half, maybe, but he's fine. But Hermoso is just like. He's a mistake waiting to happen. 
and like he gave away the penalty at the end he pushed someone in the back Octavio I think in the back in the second half and it was like okay it was a little bit silly and everything but at the same time it was like what are you doing man like you know and, and you know like that, that, that I, I know like I've said that Liverpool mistake twice now but it was um it was uh, he just it just feels like there's a mistake and an an inexplicable mistake in him in every game and there I'm, is I'm and, and that like, that uh, mistake in the Liverpool game nearly very nearly put Atletico mm-hmm. out of the Champions League so yeah her also being the one healthy center back uh, was very nearly a problem in this game but somehow it wasn't Atletico maintained their their structure and for the most part, their composure. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Oblak made a couple huge saves, one of his better games of the season, even though he conceded a late goal. But it, it all boiled over with around uh, 25 minutes to go, Robbie. And this, this is what's going to be talked about elsewhere um, when when this game is brought up. The, the fights that took place, the brawls that took place midway through the second half. The first one was a, a skirmish over a simple throw-in. Uh, Porto had, had won a throw-in. And Carrasco and the, the Porto player Otavio are, you know, jostling for the ball, as one does. Just some gamesmanship, you know, some mm-hmm. housing as, it, as it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Otavio just b- basically baits Carrasco into shoving him and throwing him onto the, onto the ground. Uh, the referee, Clement Turpin, immediately shows Carrasco a red card. It looks like it, it's just all going to go to hell in a handbasket from there. Atletico are down to 10. They're not playing great. They only have a, a slim one-goal lead. It's far from settled over at San Siro between Milan and Liverpool. It looks like it, it's all just going it's, to it's end sadly in tears for Atletico. But then moments later, a gift <laughs> as, if, um, as if to make amends for the, the first red card. Turpin shows another for the substitute Wendell. Uh, for elbowing Mateus Cunha in the, in the throat while the players are jostling for another loose ball, another throw-in, and all hell breaks loose along the Atletico touchline. Uh, one of the Porto players, I don't know who it was, was was also shown a red card in the immediate aftermath. What went on with these fights? Um, like Just, yeah, seeing, seeing that kind of conduct at the top level of the game, it's unsettling, isn't it? Yeah, like, and I think it was just the fact that it was one of those things where it was kind of like a little pocket of, like, like a little pocket of aggression there, like over by the sideline, where all the players and all the ref, all the referees were, or sorry, all the players and all the officials were, and everyone. And I just think that, um, I think like the Carrasco one, like, ish. What what made it look worse than it was was it was was um. Carrasco kind of side out forearmed him in the back of the head when he went to grab him, and it did. It he did kind of catch him quite. Um, it, it did look fairly aggressive, and I think, uh, like, I don't think it, I don't think you you would hurt someone doing that, but I don't. You can't do that, especially after Octavio punched the ball, and it was all just like the referee was like, it was like a, a moment, a real moment of heightened tension and I think that I think like I I know it's easy to say this when it's happened but I think the referee probably could have shown one or two yellow cards in the first half maybe to Rodrigo de Paul and maybe Llorente and maybe uh, like like after the first one of the first fouls I think it was Koke and, and, and a couple of Atletico Madrid players surrounded um 
surrounded the ref and the referee just told Koke he said that's the end of that do right. not surround me again right. and from that point on Rodrigo de Paul was like he was like having a proper go at the ref and I was like he probably he, like he probably could have handed out a yellow card or two in the first half in order to kind of stop that from spilling over it ends up spilling over as I said down on that sideline and it all just kicked off from there now the even after the red cards there was uh there was there was there was Porto players warming up and there was a decision given and there was a there was a, a Porto sub just like shouting at the linesman like and like having a go at the linesman I was thinking this is this is a there's going to be fines handed down for sure from UEFA for the two teams for not being able to control their players and their and their, uh, their sidelines, definitely. It was just really surreal and complete chaos. Uh, Atletico's expected fights per 90 in this game were just off the charts, off the scales, Robbie. Uh, and the, the skirmishes are, are very much affiliated with the old-school Chilismo style, the one that most observers who don't closely follow the team like you or I uh, will continue to associate with Atletico for for generations, even after Simeone leaves the club. Okay, fine. Um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, this referee, Clement Turpin, is the one who sent off Versalco and Simeone during the Arsenal tie in the Europa League a few years ago for relatively for relatively little in in a position in a, in a period of the game where very little was happening. Uh, there had been no real real prior warning. It played out in relatively similar fashion. Only one yellow card had been issued before the the Carrasco skirmish uh, that got him sent off. Um, there had been really very little indication that things were going to boil over until they, well, they did. And he tried, I think, furiously to regain control of the proceedings, and instead it ends 10v10. And any momentum Porto might have had was almost immediately sapped. And, and really, after the second the red card was shown... Atletico were pretty comfortable, I thought. The final 15, 20 minutes, Porto didn't generate a whole lot. Atletico looked organized. They looked relatively calm in, in the face of needing to protect the one goal lead with only one central defender available. And despite a, a slew of Porto changes, Atletico got the second and then the third in relatively quick order. Uh, Angel Correa gets his first Champions League goal in six years, if you can believe that one, on the counterattack. Jeez. Which is you going to say six games? Yeah. Six years. Six years. He he got six one on his decades. debut against Benfica back in 2015, and this was his first in since then. Uh, and Griezmann also contributing here with the really well weighted feathered pass to Correa on the counter attack to make it two 0 And then DePaul gets his first Atletico goal from a play that he simultaneously starts and finishes, and three 0 at that point, a flattering scoreline, but. Do, did Atletico run out deserved winners with these two late goals? Yeah, well, I guess when you look at the when you look at the game and, and the conditions of the game, and the, and they're the conditions that Atletico set. They set out to make this a tight, tense affair, or maybe they knew it was going to be a tight, tense affair, and they weren't going to play into the hands of Porto. They were going to let let Porto um, uh, give give Porto enough rope to let them go and go and. Uh, do the job themselves, but they. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that, uh, given the circumstance of the game, I think Atletico played it perfectly. 
but but there's always a fine line there because one of those chances go in and we're sitting there telling a different story. But again, this is kind of I guess the, the the like you can talk about stats and stuff like that. At the end of the day, they go one three nil, and and that's the only thing that matters to Diego Simeone right now. And especially and and, and I think there is a lot of them. Uh, I think there is a lot of uh, uh, a lot of credit goes to Atletico. They're playing really really poorly. Um, they know themselves that they're in a hole. Simeone probably, he's not feeling pressure in terms of his job, but I'm sure he's feeling pressure uh, to, to, to get more out of his team. Players know they have to improve. And I think that um, I think that uh, getting this victory, and, and, and Mario Ramoso said after game, this has to be like a point of an inflection point, uh, like a corner, you know. And, but, and I think winning that game, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's more than just three points. It's more than just uh, it's more than just a win away from home. It's more than just getting into the last sixteen. It's it's kind of proof that we're still alive, you know. And um, and I think that that will go a long a long way for, uh, uh, towards Atletico's success this season if they are going to have any. Psychologically, uh, you, you got to think this is a big boost, right? Uh, but there have been a couple other games this year where we, we've thought, okay, Atletico played really well in this game, or this was a, given the context around this game, this was a big win to pick up or a big display to have. And we, we've seen a few false starts this year. Uh, there really can't afford to be any more false starts, uh, given where Atletico are in La Liga right now, and they have a huge game domestically this weekend, about as big as it gets, Robbie, and we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but Simeone said on Monday that winning is psychologically healthy, that winning cures pretty much everything. And to get to the last 16 of the Champions League, despite not really being favored to do something, given the like the how expensive the respective squads are and, and the talent and Atletico's, yeah, okay, considering them favorites would have been an easy one. Um, but they were they entered the day in bottom of the group. They entered the day fourth and needed two specific results to go their way, and they both went their way. Uh, so yeah, Atletico are pretty fortunate to still be breathing in the Champions League. They didn't win any of their home games in the group, uh, 0 for 3 there, with two losses, and needed this win against Porto and then a rotated Liverpool to beat Milan at San Siro by two goals to one in order for this to happen. Atletico are fortunate to still be alive in this competition, and they're going to be rewarded for it financially and in terms of the reputation and sponsorships, etc. Everything else relating to Atletico's brand. This is what progression in the Champions League gets you. Um, but psychologically, this has to be a huge lift, given how they've been playing and the, the criticism that Simeone and the players have come in for, deservedly, for the most part, I might add. Uh, but yeah, huge. A lot of cojones they displayed tonight. Mentally um, and mentally and physically, they exerted a lot of energy in this game and they're going to feel justly rewarded. Now the hard work begins in terms of building results on top of one another and getting into a consistent groove and a rhythm. And this weekend at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid um, is, is a big one. Atletico can win this game and who knows, they could be back in the hunt for La Liga. Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I mean, I haven't really been convinced by Real Madrid either this season, but they are efficient, far more efficient than Atletico have been. And, and, and I, I think what Simeone said before the game was that winning cures everything, and it really does. And you can, again, like you can talk about statistics, you can talk about everything. At the end of the day, those players, 
obviously there's processes and, 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 and at the end of the day that's probably what will um, result in success or not but just just being able to go into training tomorrow after winning you know in, in the way that they did and there's just something there's just something um purifying about it and also um in terms of atletico getting into the last 16 no, nobody will remember that and and it's funny because atletico have gotten into the last 16 having played i would say 45 minutes of decent football that second half against Milan was about the only kind of decent game that they played, Jeez. which is funny. Or you might be right. But, um, you actually might be right about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 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 on, but on balance also, wow. I feel like Atletico um, probably, like it was a poor group aside from Liverpool. The three teams are are, are probably as bad as each other. Or not, not overall, but... Were as bad as each other in, in in this group stage, and I think Atletico, any three of the teams would have deserved to go through. And I think that maybe, given how close Atletico ran Liverpool, well, once anyway. Like I mean, they, they probably aside from that, um, are also a uh, ridiculous challenge. I think Atletico probably did deserve a point in that game. But um, but yeah, but back to the point about Atletico making the last sixteen, and right now they're in a position where. They come up against the team. Obviously, you don't want to come up against one of the very best teams, but you come up against a team that wants to play football against you. And all of a sudden, Atletico can revert to that old school uh, counter-attacking style. Get your centre halves healthy, uh, and 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 uh, the yeah, the pressure now is off. And not not that it's off fully, but you're in the last sixteen now. You, you have a little bit less to lose. Uh, yeah. Uh, or sorry, you, yeah, you've got you've got nothing to lose basically as opposed to the thoughts of going out last in the group and um, I'm sure it was just hanging over their heads and I'm sure maybe that was even kind of uh, hanging over them against Mallorca at the weekend and this will kind of cleanse a lot of that kind of uh, those doubts and about about the team and about the squad and the vibes would be good now going into the Real Madrid game and, and like I said uh, Real Madrid are um haven't entirely convinced me this season and if Atletico again as, as I said again the Atletico's best performances this season were against Barcelona and Real Betis so if Real Madrid come out to play against them uh, Atletico could could end up kind of their season could turn now in the, in the next four days or the four days yeah and turn for the better it very well could Atletico currently 10 points back of Madrid in La Liga, but they do have a game in hand at the end of the month against Granada. If you win on Sunday and you beat Granada, all of a sudden you have head-to-head over Madrid and there's only a four-point gap between uh, between the two sides. So um, this is pretty much last chance saloon for Atletico to get back into the hunt in La Liga. Uh, it's I, I can't see Madrid really blowing this lead, but hey, the, the league table looks kind of strange right now. Uh, stranger things uh, are capable of happening. Madrid have won a a bunch of games in a row, despite, as you're saying, not really looking all that great for the most part. I think they've won, what, nine in a row now? Yeah, nine in a row. They beat Inter 2-0 today at the Bernabeu to uh, wrap up the group stage with five wins from six. Simeone and Ancelotti matchups have gone Cholo's way in the past, other than those two, uh, other than that Champions League final in 2014 and the, the quarterfinal in 2015. 
uh, Simeone has gotten the better out of Ancelotti in, in several of these encounters. That includes uh, two wins at the Bernabeu in 2013 uh, and 2014, uh, knocked them out of the Copa del Rey in 2015, the 4-0 win at the Calderon, one of the most famous results in the club's history, certainly under Simeone. So Cholo's gotten the better out of, out of Carlo on several occasions. Um, Madrid are playing very well, though, at the moment, uh, despite... Um, they don't look like a machine quite, but they are a winning machine. They've won 11 out of 12. Vinicius has taken that leap and become looks like he's becoming a superstar. And that's really all Madrid needed, uh, despite uh, a summer for them, which saw very little investment, in internal improvement, and a more offensive, more fluid style of football, despite their defensive weaknesses, has got them back at the top of La Liga. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think like I mean, and this this kind of speaks to their efficiency and yeah. their uh, I suppose a little stroke of luck in that they were absolutely battered by Athletic Bilbao yeah, they uh, were. on Wednesday, and they were they were second best against Sevilla, but six points in those two games. So yeah, that's what it yeah, takes. They, 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 exactly, and these are the kind of games that Atletico are drawing or losing, and this is what. Uh, this is, these, are the, these are the breaks of the game that decide league tables at the end of the season. Yeah, those are the games Atletico were winning last year, were finding ways to win or finding ways to get points in last year. And not so much this year. Madrid are, are getting the, the three points much more often than not. Uh, Karim Benzema's status for Sunday is still up in the air. He exited their win over Real Sociedad at, uh, at the weekend with a hamstring injury. He was not available for the Inter game, which Madrid won comfortably anyway. So yeah, Benzema's status is going to be a key storyline for for Ancelotti and for Real Madrid. For Atletico, it's a matter of how many defenders are going to be available. Stefan Savic is likely out for a month. Jose Jimenez will probably be back, as will Felipe. Uh, Joao Felix was available for Atletico today, but did not play. I expect he's going to play, if not start, on Sunday, given Suarez's new injury, uh, which we're still waiting for the latest on that. We're still waiting for a tangible update there. Uh, are you going to dare make a prediction? Um, well, yeah, I was just going to say that you're talking about Benzema. It doesn't matter though. Luka Jovic is Ballon d'Or material. It, yeah, <laughs> naturally. Well, of course he, he is. Yeah, um, and, and I was just also going to say about the league table, I was going to say it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because Rio are going to win it anyway. So, <laughs> so we're talking about second and third place, so we're only up for grabs here. But uh, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making a prediction on this one, Jeremy. We've, uh, I've, I've learned my lesson on that one. Speaking of unstoppable, how about Raito? Best yeah, home record in La Liga, Robbie. Yeah, they're incredible. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, uh, well, after the first few games, and I didn't believe in them at all, uh, after the first few games, I was like, oh, yeah, they're actually well-drilled, they're good. But I, I like ever, but, but they're really, really solid. I, I think, I mean, they'll probably end up mid-table. Uh, but, you know, you have to dream, don't you? E even then, mid-table would, would be huge for Rio, for a club oh, with those resources yeah. just coming up from Segunda. And I, I would yeah. fancy them against Villarreal on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, I, I mean, fancy it's, them, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I look forward to watching them too because they're actually quite enjoyable to watch. They're very well drilled, and they're very, um, they're very, uh, they're and they're getting results too. Yeah, yeah, it's they're one of the best stories in the league this year. Currently sixth, 
just two points behind Atletico. And they don't play for another few weeks, but Rio have been a, a great story. And I, I would honestly tip them to win that game at Villarreal, given where Unai Emery's got them right now, not in a very good place. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yikes. But uh, the, the Madrid Derby is the late game on Sunday, and we're going to have a ton of content coming your way pre- and post-match uh, on Into the Calderon on our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash Chat. Uh, that'll do it for this uh, jam-packed show, Robbie. Uh, thank you so much for joining me to discuss uh, Atletico's win over Porto. No problem. There was uh, lots of expected arguments and fights on the field, <laughs> but no, none between me and you tonight, Jeremy. So that's we, we right. Kept it civilized. <laughs> that's right, as ever. <laughs> thank you all for listening. We will be back on Sunday to talk about the Madrid derby. Uh, until then, adios.